0: Section 4 of Concerning Christian Liberty by Martin Luther, translated by R. S. Grignon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Finally, for the sake of those to whom nothing can be stated so well but that they misunderstand and distort it, we must add a word in case they can understand even that. There are very many persons who, when they hear of this liberty of faith, straightway turn it into an occasion of license. They think that everything is now lawful for them, and do not choose to show themselves free men and Christians in any other way than by their contempt and reprehension of ceremonies, of traditions, of human laws, as if they were Christians merely because they refuse to fast on stated days, or eat flesh when others fast, or omit the customary prayers, scoffing at the precepts of men, but utterly passing over all the rest that belongs to the Christian religion. On the other hand, they are most pertinaciously resisted by those who strive after salvation solely by their observance of and reverence for ceremonies, as if they would be saved merely because they fast on stated days, or abstain from flesh, or make formal prayers, talking loudly of the precepts of the church and of the fathers, and not carrying a straw about those things which belong to our genuine faith. Both these parties are plainly culpable in that, while they neglect matters which are of weight and necessary for salvation, they contend noisily about such as are without weight and not necessary. How much more rightly does the Apostle Paul teach us to walk in the middle path, condemning either extreme, saying, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth. Romans 14.3 You see here how the Apostle blames those who, not from religious feeling, but in mere contempt, neglect and rail at ceremonial observances, and teaches them not to despise, since this knowledge puffeth up. Again he teaches the pertinacious upholders of these things not to judge their opponents, for neither party observes towards the other that charity which edifieth. In this matter we must listen to Scripture which teaches us to turn aside neither to the right hand nor to the left, but to follow those right precepts of the Lord which rejoice the heart. For just as a man is not righteous merely because he serves and is devoted to works and ceremonial rites, so neither will he be accounted righteous merely because he neglects and despises them. It is not from works that we are set free by the faith of Christ, but from the belief in works, that is, from foolishly presuming, to seek justification through works. Faith redeems our consciences, makes them upright, and preserves them, since by it we recognize the truth that justification does not depend on our works, although good works neither can nor ought to be absent, just as we cannot exist without food and drink and all the functions of this mortal body. Still, it is not on them that our justification is based, but on faith and yet they ought not on that account to be despised or neglected. Thus in this world we are compelled by the needs of this bodily life, but we are not hereby justified. My kingdom is not hence, nor of this world, says Christ. But he does not say, My kingdom is not here, nor in this world. Paul too says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10.3 And, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20 Thus our doings, life, and being, in works and ceremonies, are done from the necessities of this life, and with the motive of governing our bodies. But we are not justified by these things, but by the faith of the Son of God. The Christian must therefore walk in the middle path, and set these two classes of men before his eyes. He may meet with hardened and obstinate ceremonialists, who, like deaf adders, refuse to listen to the truth of liberty, and cry up, enjoin, and urge on us their ceremonies, as if they could justify us without faith. Such were the Jews of old who would not understand that they might act well. These men we must resist, do just the contrary of what they do, and be bold to give them offence, lest by this impious notion of theirs they should deceive many along with themselves. Before the eyes of these men it is expedient to eat flesh, to break fasts, and to do in behalf of the liberty of faith things which they hold to be the greatest sins. We must say of them, Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. Matthew 15.14 In this way Paul also would not have Titus circumcised, though these men urged it and Christ defended the apostles who had plucked ears of corn on the Sabbath day, and many like instances. Or else we may meet with simple-minded and ignorant persons, weak in the faith, as the apostle calls them, who are as yet unable to apprehend that liberty of faith, even if willing to do so. These we must spare, lest they should be offended. We must bear with their infirmity till they shall be more fully instructed. For since these men do not act thus from hardened malice, but only from weakness of faith, therefore in order to avoid giving them offence we must keep fasts and do other things which they consider necessary. This is required of us by charity, which injures no one but serves all men. It is not the fault of these weak persons that they are weak, but that of their pastors, who by the snares and weapons of their own traditions have brought them into bondage, and wounded their souls when they ought to have been set free, and healed by the teaching of faith and liberty. Thus the apostle says, If meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth. 1 Corinthians 8.13 And again, I know, and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. It is evil for that man who eateth with offence. Romans 14, 14, 20. Thus, though we ought boldly to resist those teachers of tradition, and though the laws of the pontiffs by which they make aggressions on the people of God deserve sharp reproof, yet we must spare the timid crowd who are held captive by the laws of those impious tyrants, till... They are set free. Fight vigorously against the wolves, but on behalf of the sheep, not against the sheep. And this you may do by in vain against the laws and lawgivers, and yet at the same time observing these laws with the weak, lest they be offended, until they shall themselves recognize the tyranny and understand their own liberty. If you wish to use your liberty, do it secretly, as Paul says. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Romans 14.22. But take care not to use it in the presence of the weak. On the other hand, in the presence of tyrants and obstinate opposers, use your liberty in their despite, and with the utmost pertinacity, that they too may understand that they are tyrants, and their laws useless for justification, nay, that they had no right to establish such laws. Since, then, we cannot live in this world without ceremonies and works, since the hot and inexperienced period of youth has need of being restrained and protected by such bonds, and since every one is bound to keep under his own body by attention to these things, therefore the minister of Christ must be prudent and faithful in so ruling and teaching the people of Christ in all these matters, that no root of bitterness may spring up among them and so many be defiled, as Paul warned the Hebrews, That is, that they may not lose the faith, and begin to be defiled by a belief in works as the means of justification. This is a thing which easily happens, and defiles very many, unless faith be constantly inculcated along with works. It is impossible to avoid this evil, when faith is passed over in silence, and only the ordinances of men are taught, as has been done hitherto by the pestilent, impious, and soul-destroying traditions of our pontiffs and opinions of our theologians. An infinite number of souls have been drawn down to hell by these snares, so that you may recognize the work of Antichrist. In brief, as poverty is imperiled amid riches, honesty amid business, humility amid honors, abstinence amid feasting, purity amid pleasures, so is justification by faith imperiled among ceremonies. Solomon says, Can a man take fire in his bosom, and his clothes not be burned? Proverbs 6.27 And yet, as we must live among riches, business, honours, pleasures, feastings, so must we among ceremonies, that is, among perils. Just as infant boys have the greatest need of being cherished in the bosoms, and by the care of girls, that they may not die, and yet when they are grown there is peril to their salvation in living among girls, So inexperienced and fervid young men require to be kept in and restrained by the barriers of ceremonies, even were they of iron, lest their weak minds should rush headlong into vice. And yet it would be death to them to persevere in believing that they can be justified by these things. They must rather be taught that they have been thus imprisoned, not with the purpose of their being justified or gaining merit in this way, but in order that they might avoid wrongdoing, and be more easily instructed in that righteousness which is by faith, a thing which the headlong character of youth would not bear unless it were put under restraint. Hence, in the Christian life, ceremonies are to be no otherwise looked upon than as builders and workmen look upon those preparations for building or working, which are not made with any view of being permanent or anything in themselves, but only because, without them, there could be no building and no work. When the structure is completed, they are laid aside. Here you see that they do not contemn these preparations, but set the highest value on them. A belief in them we do contemn, because no one thinks that they constitute a real and permanent structure. If any one were so manifestly out of his senses as to have no other object in life but that of setting up these preparations with all possible expense, diligence, and perseverance, while he never thought of the structure itself but pleased himself and made his boast of these useless preparations and props should we not all pity his madness and think that at the cost thus thrown away some great building might have been raised thus too we do not contemn works and ceremonies nay we set the highest value on them but we contemn the belief in works WHICH NO ONE SHOULD CONSIDER TO CONSTITUTE TRUE RIGHTEOUSNESS, AS DO THOSE HYPOCRITES WHO EMPLOY AND THROW AWAY THEIR WHOLE LIFE IN THE PURSUIT OF WORKS, AND YET NEVER ATTAIN TO THAT FOR THE SAKE OF WHICH THE WORKS ARE DONE. AS THE APOSTLE SAYS, THEY ARE EVER LEARNING AND NEVER ABLE TO COME TO THE KNOWLEDGE OF THE TRUTH, 2 TIMOTHY 3.7. THEY APPEAR TO WISH TO BUILD, THEY MAKE PREPARATIONS, AND YET THEY NEVER DO BUILD and thus they continue in a show of godliness, but never attain to its power. Meanwhile they please themselves with this zealous pursuit, and even dare to judge all others whom they do not see adorned with such a glittering display of works. While, if they had been imbued with faith, they might have done great things for their own and others' salvation, at the same cost which they now waste in abuse of the gifts of God. But since human nature and natural reason, as they call it, are naturally superstitious, and quick to believe that justification can be attained by any laws or works proposed to them, and, since nature is also exercised and confirmed in the same view by the practice of all earthly lawgivers, she can never of her own power free herself from this bondage to works, and come to a recognition of the liberty of faith. We have therefore need to pray that God will lead us and make us taught of God, that is, ready to learn from God, and will himself, as he has promised, write his law in our hearts. Otherwise there is no hope for us. For unless he himself teach us inwardly this wisdom hidden in a mystery, nature cannot but condemn it and judge it to be heretical. She takes offense at it, and it seems folly to her, just as we see that it happened of old in the case of the prophets and apostles, and just as blind and impious pontiffs with their flatterers do now, in my case and that of those who are like me, upon whom, together with ourselves, may God at length have mercy and lift up the light of his countenance upon them, that we may know his way upon earth and his saving health among all nations, who is blessed for evermore. Amen. In the year of the Lord, fifteen twenty. End of section four. Recording by Jonathan Lang. End of Concerning Christian Liberty by Martin Luther. Translated by R. S. Grignon.